1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. In the Old Testament, God made a covenant with Israel to be their God, and they would be the people of God. The intent of God's people is found in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, where he said, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So this covenant was very important to God, as he was now creating a people that would represent him and have his name upon them. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation means something. Not just a bunch of religious people running around. Rather, it's to be a light for God in this dark world. And that is Israel's purpose. And this covenant included an elaborate sacrificial system where guilt before God could be mitigated by offering up an innocent animal without blemish, or in other words, the best of your flock. The guilt of a person would be ceremonially transferred to the animal, and then the animal would be killed, taking the sin with it. That was the idea. And this is the atonement or covering of the sin until that final sacrifice was made by the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So the Israelites, along with other people groups in that area, made sacrifices routinely. The Israelites' sacrifice was to God, and the other peoples around often had other gods that they would sacrifice to, which really offended God. And sacrifices go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Genesis 4, verse 3, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. So Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's sons. And in this story, there are two offerings brought to the Lord, yet only one was accepted. That was Abel's offering from the flock. He brought an animal before the Lord as his offering, and Cain brought an offering as well, but it was not an animal, it was from his land, so it could have been a grain offering. Both of these offerings are reiterated in the covenant with Israel through Moses that would happen centuries later, and they are both legit, but there are certain offerings for certain things. So for sin to be atoned for, there needs to be a substitution for the guilty party, and an innocent animal was prescribed by God for this. Grain offerings were not acceptable as a sin offering but were for other types of offerings, like a fellowship offering. You can read about that in Leviticus chapter 2. So God rejected Cain's offering. For what reason, we don't know. But we can conclude Cain's offering was not appropriate before God as required. Cain gets mad and kills Abel as a result, indicating his heart was evil. And there's really no sacrifice a person can bring to the Lord if their heart is evil and they're not willing to repent. But for the person who comes to his or her senses, there is mercy and acceptance available. In Ezekiel chapter 18 goes into detail of how a person known for their evil can turn from their wickedness and find security in the Lord. It's not a New Testament concept. It's been around since the beginning. So when we bring an offering or a sacrifice to the Lord, we must understand that the reason is we want to be right with God. It's not a bribe or a favor. It's a sacrifice to bring us back into fellowship with God. And this is where King Saul disobeyed God. Saul was impatiently waiting for Samuel to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, but Samuel was late. And Samuel was the leader of Israel at that time, and he was from the tribe of Levi. The Levites were the ministers among the 12 tribes of Israel. 
And Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin and had no right or authority to present a legitimate offering to God. God gave that responsibility to the Levites. But Saul did it anyway, and Samuel rebuked Saul. And going back to the opening verse in 1 Samuel 15, 22, And Samuel said, Has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. And the fat of rams, that's the most desired part, was the fat. So Saul demonstrated something that sadly has plagued Israel and the church. I will do what I want, and God needs to be good with it. The problem was God was not good with it, because relying on our own strength and abilities leaves very little room, if any, for the Holy Spirit to guide us, resulting in a life lived according to the flesh and not of the Spirit. Proverbs 21.3, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Hosea 6.6, for I desired mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So Saul forfeited the kingdom God had graciously given him because he not only disobeyed God's laws, but in his arrogance, he felt he was above the law because he was king. And the result was the kingdom was given over to another whom God referred to as better than Saul. And how would you like to hear those words? What I have given you, I'm taking away and giving it to someone better than you. That would be hard to accept. And it was very hard for Saul, who would end up losing his mind before God struck him down on the battlefield, where his enemies killed him and his sons. His rebellion cost good men their lives, including Ahimelech, the priest, and his family. That's another story. This is what rebellion does to a person. Rebellion opens up a door for the devil to come in and deceive, torment, and destroy a person. And that's exactly what happened to Saul and Cain, along with many others. So what can we learn from Saul and Cain? A lot. First is to understand that God takes sacrifices serious. This means he expects us to be serious. And like the Israelites who brought their animals to sacrifice, those animals needed to be their best, and we need to bring our best before God. And during the Old Testament history, there were times that were good and times were bad. And some of those times when Israel failed, they failed in bringing their best to the Lord and they were rebuked by God through a prophet. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised when you offer blind animals in sacrifice. Is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? When we don't offer God that which is our best, we rob God of his honor as king. And like he said, offer this up to your governor. What do you think he would say? So taking God serious and honoring him with the best is a key principle in a thriving relationship with God. We also can learn that our sacrifices mean something. They're not just something we do because it looks good. There's a purpose behind offering sacrifices to God. And if we want that sacrifice to count, we must understand that purpose is to stay in fellowship with the Lord. It's like picking up dinner at your spouse's favorite restaurant and bringing it home. It creates intimacy, showing your love by sacrificing something for the one you love. And we are called to love God. The fact that many think that sacrificing to God is some weird Old Testament law that is no longer pertinent, when in reality, it's exactly what every New Testament believer is called to do. Romans 12, 1. 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We give to God that which pleases Him, and this includes giving up our very life to Him or surrendering all to Him. It also means sacrificing things that we may enjoy, but they conflict with God's holiness and create a barrier between us and God. But on the other hand, it can also involve sacrificing hidden bitterness that has plagued us for years. Whatever it is in our lives that God is calling us to give up to Him, that is what pleases Him. And if we truly love God, we have so many promises in the Scriptures that will help us navigate through this life so that we can withstand the enemies of our God's attacks upon us and others by the mighty hand of God. Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. How would you rewrite this verse to those who don't love God? Nothing works out good for those who don't love God? Maybe, but the point is that loving God means obeying Him, and this means doing the things that please Him, not us. Things like loving others, showing mercy, studying the Scriptures, learning more about God and ourselves, focusing on God's will, not mine, etc. All these things we can bring to the Lord as our offerings. And when we serve Jesus with an attitude of surrender and do His will and not our own, then we will see the power of God in our lives and be able to stand against the evil of this age, including the evil in our own hearts. So offer up those things to God that He is calling you to offer up and do it with the best of your ability, and you will be blessed. Thank you.